heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away, says the Lord. Sisters and brothers, beloved congregation, this uh, sermon will be about the first reading, particularly the, the reading from the book of Amos, uh, the reading that Katie uh, did previously. Um, Maybe uh, it's not a very pleasant uh, reading to hear, you know. It's never very pleasant to, to hear an angry prophet shouting on you on a Sunday morning. But, I mean, there's an important address in it, and, uh, and that's on what I, I'd like w to meditate this morning with you. And I will reveal, I think, to you this morning a very important fact about the Bible and, in my opinion, about faith. Something fundamental at the very origin of the Jewish faith and the Christian faith. What is most important to the greatest witnesses of our religion in the Bible in, in our history. The Bible does not begin with the book of Genesis with these words, in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth. No. Even if you hold up a Bible saying, Look, Rodolphe, what are you telling us? We read, in the beginning, God created, etc. I persist. The Bible does not begin like this. The adventure of the Bible begins with a prophet angry about injustice. This is the true starting point of our history with God. In the 8th century before Christ, the prophet Amos wrote down the very first texts that would one day form what we call the Bible. The oldest fragments of the Bible are found in the book of the prophet Amos. Amos is one of the twelve little prophets. These prophets have only the name little for the size of their books, which are shorter than those of the three great prophets, Isaiah, Ezekiel, and Jeremiah. The message of the prophet Amos is paramount. God wants justice above all else. For the prophet Amos... True piety does not consist in worships with beautiful songs and prayers. And God does not want his people to make animal sacrifices. He does not like the smell of grilled meat coming up from the temple, that of the victims offered by the priests. He hates human festivals. What he wants is for his people to practice justice. He's indignant at the behavior of the rich. Their malice and their greed can go as far as buying peasants from peasants whom they have previously contributed to impoverish. Amos knows what he's talking about. He's a peasant himself. He comes from the southern kingdom, Judah. He's called to prophesy in the northern kingdom, richer, and possessing a brilliant court and rich cities. The injustice of the rich threatens the country. 
It risks, it risks being at the mercy of the neighboring powers because it lacks national cohesion. The rich and the powerful think only of getting richer. They cheat and deceive the peasants. The working on the land is difficult. It only takes one bad harvest to weaken a whole community. The poorest risk slavery, which is the ultimate paradox for the people of God, freed from slavery in Egypt. Amos' warning is violent. Amos is angry. His prophecy will be true, historically. The northern kingdom will indeed fall prey to the Assyrian Empire. It could not resist. Its powerful neighbor took advantage of its internal weakness. It lost its independence and its freedom. Samaria is destroyed and the kingdom of Israel is occupied by the Assyrians from the 7th century. Judaism will take refuge and develop later in Judah, Jerusalem. And so what is the link between Amos and Jesus? It's a very strong link. It's widely seen in the Gospels. This is the prophetic lineage to which Jesus belongs. Jesus is the Son of God according to his disciples. It means that he receives and carries the prophetic tradition of Israel. Jesus quotes the prophets abundantly in the Bible, and in particular, their call addressed to the people to practice justice. By our relationship to Jesus, we are connected to the prophetic tradition of Israel. We are therefore close to all those who have addressed God to express their anger at the injustices they are witnessing. Whenever someone is exploited or enslaved, impoverished or humiliated, the prophetic voice sounds. It is part of our faith. Thus, we do not just validate commitments made by others or the action of institutions already in place in our country. We are at the forefront of the fight for more justice in the world. We do not follow trends, but we accompany all those who have a good fight, and ourselves, we should always be at the initiative of new causes and new fights. They are numerous in a very complex world. And I know that your church is committed for social works, uh, committed uh, for refugees, like many churches, many parishes do this as well in Europe. But allow me to share my prophetic commitment against animal exploitation. It is now possible to no longer eat animals to be healthy. It is certainly possible to have fun without buying animals, take them from their parents, keep them at home, deprive them of all forms of freedom, watch them behind the bars of their cages, dress with their skins or their hairs, drink the milk of their babies. Humanity today is subjecting the animals to the worst atrocities on an industrial scale. And I pray 
that more and more Christians will make a commitment to defend them, which for me is purely from the prophetic tradition to which we belong. Of course, there are many other examples of injustices that can be given. It is up to each one, according to their knowledge and their strength, to name them and to commit themselves to more justice. We do not lack charities and international organizations to act intelligently and effectively for the sake of the most fragile. Christ calls us to this compassion. His reign is approaching. Amen.